Good morning, church. As we continue today, as we worship together, it's a good day to serve the Lord. It's a good day to worship the Lord together. If you have your Bible with you, I'm going to ask you to turn to Psalm 46. So you and your family, as you have the Bible before you, maybe a, a hard copy of God's Word, or you have a tablet there that you're looking at, Maybe you're looking in the notes that are also provided for you online today. But we're glad that we get to look at God's Word and how it teaches us that when troubled times are around us, we are trusting in the Lord. We are placing our hope from the help that He has given to us. And that really is what we want to talk about today. So if you have your Bible with you, we're going to look at Psalm 46. We're going to look at how the psalmist wrote to us and gave us these great words of encouragement. When trouble is coming, how do we look to the Lord? How do we see who He is? Well, we've been in a trying time of trouble. Things continue to be talked about, about reopening, what that means yet we're not completely sure. We want to be careful with all the things that are happening around us and be safe in all that we're doing. So even as a church, as we begin to make decisions of what that means, we do it prayerfully and with a desire to be as safe and as helpful as we possibly can. We find our strength and our help really coming from the Lord. So if you have Psalm 46 open, and we'll look at this together, we'll look at it really in two sections. The first part of it, we'll talk about the understanding that our help is really coming from the Lord. And then in the second part, we'll recognize that our hope is from the Lord and how He teaches us that from this passage of Scripture. So with your Bible in front of you, let's look at Psalm 46 starting in verse 1. It says in verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. In the first part of his psalm, he gives us a couple of illustrations of what happens when trouble really comes into our life. He teaches us here, first of all, this understanding as he starts out at the end of verse 2, though the mountains be moved to the heart of the sea. What he, what he really begins to talk about here is what happens when an, an earthquake comes. Now, I've never been in an earthquake. Some of us have. You've felt a tremble or you've known what it feels like. But we understand that when an earthquake comes, it takes us completely by surprise. We can't prepare for it. We don't know what to do when it happens. We read stories about when it does occur and how people are not sure where they're going to go. You can't really hide under something because what you hide under may fall on top of you. You can't really get into an area of a hole in the ground because you're not sure what's going to happen to the earth. So an earthquake happens suddenly. It takes us by surprise. Now, when trouble comes into our life, it can also take us by surprise. It's not something that we plan for. It's not something that we see coming. It's not something that we know what to do with and, and get preparation for. It's an earthquake that comes. And that's what he tells us in this verse here, that when the earth gives way, then our focus is not to fear. But the earth is going to give way, he tells us that. And then the second part of this, in verse 2 and 3, he talks about a storm that's raging. Though its waters foam, from, and then all the earth begins to tremble. So he gives us here in this first couple of verses two illustrations. One of an earthquake, 
which says, I don't know when trouble is coming, and I don't know how to prepare for it. And then one of an illustration of a storm to say, I watch it come. I, I know it's happening. They begin to predict like a hurricane. It's going to come. It's going to hit on this day. Be prepared. Put up the shutters. Move things around. And you know the storm is coming because you can see it on the radar. You can watch it. So here the writer gives us an understanding that there are sometimes when trouble comes that we do not understand that's coming. And then there are other times when we watch it happen. But in both of those places, in both of those things, we are to find our help in the power of the Lord. He tells us that then in verse 1, right? He tells us God is our refuge. The word that he uses, refuge, is a word that's common in the Old Testament. It really also, for David, came out of the understanding of the cities of refuge that we find in Numbers chapter 35. The cities of refuge are those places where in the law that if you committed a crime or something happened and you did not mean for it to happen, you could run to the city of refuge. Now, there were multiple cities set up for the Israelites. You can read about that, and it's fascinating to see that. For example, if you were doing something and you were working at something and you had an axe and the axe head flew off and it hit somebody and it killed them, you would run to the city of refuge. And if you could get to the city of refuge and you could get inside the city of refuge and they shut the gate, then no one could hurt you or harm you. It wasn't an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth. It was, I'm getting to the city of refuge and there I find mercy. Because the city of refuge has that at its base. It's a foundational piece that talks about the mercy that we find from the Lord. And he tells us that his refuge is the mercy that he gives us. God is our refuge. God is our mercy. God is our strength. When we go through trouble, we have difficult times, we, we have all the things going on around us, whether we know it was going to happen or whether it just took us by surprise, then we find not only the refuge of God that has mercy, but the strength of the Lord. The psalmist knew completely about David and Goliath and the strength that would come out of David's life as he fought Goliath, as he stood up for Israel. So the strength has to do with the power of who God is. So we understand that we find our help in the power of the Lord. What about this power that he gives us here in these verses? He tells us that we begin to understand that the Lord is available to us. So as you're walking through difficult times, as you're struggling with what to do, as you are dealing with all the things that are going on around us, the availability of the Lord's help for you is real. The availability for us to call upon the Lord is vital to us. Not only is he available to us, but this text would also teach us that he is able to do what he says he's going to do. He is able to give us mercy. He is able to become our power and our strength. That is who He is because He is God. He is our present help in trouble. He is now available to you. He is now able to help you. Now, it's very important for us to recognize this. We'll remember that in Psalm 23, He says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will have no fear because you are with me. As we begin looking at this passage deeply, we go to verse 4. And in verse 4 he says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. Now, what is the city that he's talking about? 
Well, the city that he is referring to is the city of Jerusalem, the holy city of God, the place where we know that God is at work and that God lives. So this city that he's given to us is a city that's very important to be able to recognize that the Bible teaches us that that's the dwelling place of God. Yet more than that, we would also say it's not just his city or his dwelling place, but we would look at the New Testament and begin to recognize that it's also his church. It's his people. It's the church that Christ has formed, the church that Christ has died for. So here, this city, this, this river that's flowing through is where we find our hope. A hope is in this place. Matter of fact, he uses this word that there is where we find the glad in the city, the happiness in the city. And it really has to do with the word happiness here because it has to do with the happenstance, the circumstance that God is present. And it's a great word for us because here he tells us in verse 5, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. Because you see, we recognize that when trouble comes, whether we see it coming or whether we don't, there's going to be an aftermath of the trouble. There is going to be a dawning of the new morning. That's the reference here. There's going to be a, a breaking of a new day. And he tells us that when the breaking of the new day comes, it's because of the hope that we have in the Lord. Jesus tells us in the New Testament that when he departs, that he is going to send the Holy Spirit. I believe here he gives us reference and understanding of the Spirit of God that comes into our life. The Spirit of God that speaks into our hearts when we are in trouble. The Spirit of God that gives us help, that gives us hope in difficult and trying times. The psalmist speaks of that so clearly for us. He helps us to recognize that it's the presence of the Lord, the presence of the Lord that is available to us, the presence of the Lord that is able to help us in all that we are doing. How do we know that? Well, as we read through this passage, and you have it there in front of you, verse 4 again, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nation rages. The kingdoms trotter. The utters, he utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. He gives us great insight in verse 7. He repeats that in verse 11. The Lord of hosts. The word Lord that he uses there is an understanding that he is self-existent. He does not need us. He does not need anyone. He has all the things for you in who he is. We would see that in Jesus too. In the New Testament it would say Christ alone for our salvation. He is the one who has died on the cross for us. He is the one who is raised from the dead of us for us. He is the one who has given to you and me eternal life. Nothing we can do to gain it on our own. Nothing we can do to achieve it by what we do or how good we are or the works that we do. No, it comes by Christ and by Christ alone. He is the self-existent one. All is in him. He tells us that in this passage, the Lord of hosts is with us. Not only is he self-existent, but he calls himself the Lord of hosts. Uh, the word host there means mighty armies. And it references the fact that all the forces of God, 
all the forces of who he is as the self-existing one. All the forces of eternity and all the things of God are for us. He is our, he is our help when we need it. He is the hope that we look to because he is self-existent. He is present with us. Man, that's such good news for us. That's such a great encouragement for us in our lives when we begin to recognize the power of who He is in us, the strength of who He is in our lives. And then he says at the end of verse 7, He is the God of Jacob. He is our fortress. The God of Jacob. You have to wonder why he said He is the God of Jacob. Well, you remember the story of Jacob, I hope, in the Old Testament. Jacob was one who, was one who struggled, one who fought against God, one who did everything he could to, to be away from God in so many ways that to, to control things. He, he was almost as if he wanted to control all things. And then you might remember the story of Jacob and the Lord wrestling together, right? And inside that, Jacob, begins to recognize that God's presence is upon his life and God has purpose for him. And in that whole relationship, God waited for him. So it shows us this God of Jacob. For me, it says that God is patient with me. God is patient with my brokenness. God is patient with my sin. God is patient, and, but he wants to change me. And his change is the purpose that he has for my life and for yours. The change that might come through salvation, the change that might come because we come to Him as Lord and Savior, and then the change as a follower of Christ as we walk through becoming like Him, putting our hope in Him, trusting Him, and in difficult times, and trying times, be able to put our hope in who He is. See, He is the Lord. He is the self-existent one, the Mighty armies are His to command. And He does all that for us. Because back at the very beginning, in this verses, He would say, God is our refuge and strength. He is for us. He is the one who is doing the work. What then should we do? Well, He tells us in verse 10. He says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted among the earth. Be still and know that I am God. Well, these are trying times. We've had to be still. But here he's talking about not just sheltering and being still. He's talking about our hearts. Our hearts that are turning toward him. Our hearts that are longing after the Lord. Our hearts that are in that place where we say... We are focused on the one that we know is our help in this present time. And we know because of the Holy Spirit and His presence that we have our hope in the Lord who is self-existent, who has all the power of all the resources, who has great mercy and strength to give to us. Our purpose, be still and know that He is Lord Come to Him. Trust in Him. If you don't know Him as personal Lord and Savior today, our prayer would be that you might know Christ. If we do know Him, our prayer would be that we would become more like Him in all these ways. Let's pray together.
eternal God and Heavenly Father, as we come to You today, our heart would be that You would work inside our lives. You would allow us to see that You are the great help for us and You are where we place our hope. Guide us this day as we bring ourselves to You. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.